0: of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much,
1: man. Just uh, ready to talk some basketball, guest. Got some interesting done on this past weekend, and that game last night, even though I'm a Celtics fan, man, that game last night could have been one of the best games of the year between yeah. Golden State and Toronto. It was
0: phenomenal. Oh, dude. Yeah, like, back and forth, like, ah, this is fucking awesome. Um, If only we had enough time to talk about that game. (laughs) But we got so many fucking topics to, like, discuss. We'll we'll try to squeeze that in at the end if there is any time remaining. Um, But uh, most of this is just, like, fucking off-the-court stuff because there is so much going on in the NBA, as there always is, and that is why it is, far none, the best professional sports organization out there, Um, so shout out to the NBA, we love you, Um, obviously, we have a uh, a, a podcast dedicated to your uh, your, uh, constant, um, shit, I'm falling apart now, Uh, anyway, let's move on, Uh, uh, let's get into our topics, because like I said, we got a lot to talk about, first topic. According to a report from The Athletic, Markel Fultz would favor a trade to start fresh rather than staying in Philly. Now, his handler, if you will, um, his agent uh, and lawyer, apparently, um, has, has come out and, and said, like, they've made no such request. Um, but, you know, it's, <laughs> that's not what the report says. It didn't say that a request had been made. It just says that's what Fultz would prefer. Um, but also, like in addition, the Sixers reportedly no longer see Fultz in their long-term plan. So it sounds like they're kind of both on the same page. But Fultz's trade value is at an all-time low. What can you really get for him? How do you see this whole situation playing out, Luke? And I mean, what do you think is a reasonable return right now for Marco Fultz? Man, I always the ones that come to my mind right now are just crazy, like
1: it's crazy where this has come from. Like this kid has all the talent in the world and don't get me
0: wrong, man, I mean
1: I was all for him for the Celtics if we kept the first round pick. I was all for him. Right.
0: The Everybody pick, like, oh. thought he was the consensus number one overall pick. Like everyone. Yeah, Except just Danny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Danny, I gotta talk to him one day and just be like, How did you know? But uh
0: yeah, I mean right. It,
1: it's crazy just to see the whole like scenario play out because I mean the Sixers, this is the Sixers thing. I mean, they always have, you know, someone that sits out a year and all that. It's no big deal. You know, they get over and all that, but in kind of a way, I don't want to say it's like almost like the Leonard Spurs thing um, Isaiah Thomas kind of selfish thing where they misdiagnose an injury. Uh, their doctors, I feel like there's an injury hidden from the public and they didn't want it to get out because it would just probably happened right around the draft or after the draft. And, you know, they've already made that trade. Genius yeah, because he, he
0: was great in Summer League.
1: Yeah, so, you know, guaranteed So I think there was an injury, and they didn't know how to handle it, and they just kind of – it wasn't as serious where you need to get surgery or something. It's just – I don't know, man. Like – the yes is one thing but it just keeps on going on and on and escalating. I do I like I, I do think it's a smart idea for them just to part ways, but then again I don't because you invested so much on that and like you said, what what is the return that you're gonna get for him right now? I mean right. it's not gonna be the highest. It's a lot of scrutiny, I mean, unless, you know, there's some team's gonna be filled in and then they're like, Oh, so this is wrong with you and you need X, Y, and Z, so let's do this, and we'll we'll come back to you. You're going to be our future. Don't worry. But I think Philly Philly has a bigger problem, and it's just not Markel Fultz in their future. I mean, Philly's going to have to figure out a lot of things in the future. At least they're just admitting yeah. to Fultz right now that they're already kind of seeing the foreseeable future with three of their, super, like their supposed superstars right now. So they're just like, hey, man. You're not the shooter. You're not like as good of a shooter as JJ Redick at the three. What we thought you you know were right now. We kind of you know mishandled this last past year and a half almost coming up now, when we should have done something quicker. So, but the return, man. I feel I feel like it's low, but I don't know. I feel like there's some teams out there that if I was them, I'd take the risk. Like. If I'm Chicago, what do I have? I mean, what do I have to lose? So I give you um, Chris Dunn uh, and, you know, something else. I mean, I, I like,
0: I don't have a Yeah, but see, if you're Philly, you don't need a point guard. Like, you don't want Chris Dunn. You don't need a point guard. Darn up. <laughs> but as a Cavaliers, another team in
1: my mind, they don't have a pick for this upcoming. Oh, they do have a pick, but, you know, hey, mine as well. I mean, you're the Cavs. There's some, like, weird teams out there. Then there are the The teams that you think, hey, they really need a point guard, but I don't think they'll pull the trigger just because they don't know his health, like the Magic or the Suns. Now, the Suns could be interesting because they have someone that's just kind of fallen off the ship on them with a young kid. But is that a – I mean, is Jackson for Fultz a fair trade? I mean, the only thing with Jackson is he's kind of lost his way and all that. It's not like he's injured. And then with Fultz, it's – not that he's lost his way. It's what's going on with them. So it's like two opposite things, but they're really low. I mean, Jackson's pretty bad. I mean, his plus minus, uh, dude. I think he could be one of the worst players. I mean, he's just lost everything. So, I,
0: you know they, what? You know what's crazy? I I think Jackson is just like a, a, a victim. I don't want to say victim, but he's like a product of being, like, he, the their new coach is not good for him. Um, and, like, they, like, he is a guy who ultimately values floor spacing. And, like, Jackson's not a guy who offers that. And so they just don't play him. They, like, they don't play him at all. And it's, like, Jackson's really athletic. He's got uber defensive potential. Um, but, you know, here's the other thing is, like, you know who else we heard that about? It's fucking Andrew Wiggins. Uber athletic, all of his defensive potential. And we've seen the result after four seasons of uh, Andrew Wiggins. He's not a good defender. So, like, maybe that's not the same case for Jackson. Like, maybe Jackson, like, can be a good defender. I See, I think I think Jackson's got the the better head space than Wiggins. He, he's got more of that kind of, like, quote-unquote bulldog mentality, um, at least from what I what I saw from him at the end of last year and saw from him at, at Kansas. Um, I just think the depth chart is really hurting him in his, in his inability to, like, really shoot because um, he's not a good shooter. Um, but, yeah, I... I Back to Fultz, I I definitely think they should be looking to move him, but I don't think they should be, like, too eager to do so either. Like if you can get somebody who's both going to help you in the interim um, and could help you long-term, like, sure. Um, Or if you can get some kind of draft assets and expiring contracts, um, you know, maybe you consider that. But, like, I I don't know. I mean, I I know we brought this up. I think Jawan brought it up uh, last week. Uh, Essentially, like, when they bring him back, like they need to send him to the G League and let him like try to ball out, um, because he only serves as a detriment to their actual team. Um, like you, any minutes you're giving to Fultz or minutes you're not giving to either Landry Shamit or um, uh, T.J. McConnell, and like you're much better served with those two guys playing over Fultz right now, because um, they know their role, they know how to play on that team, they know how to operate and they bring other things to the table that, that Fultz doesn't bring. So I don't see him working out long-term for this team, especially after the Butler trade. And the main reason being after the Butler trade, it's like you don't have the cap space to go out and sign a max free agent. So at this point, you obviously want to keep Butler, you want to keep Redick, um, and you want to keep McConnell uh, because, I mean, he's, he's a valuable backup point guard. Uh, and you want to get Shamit minutes because he hits threes. Like, he's a good shooter. So, like, and that's something that you really need for Philly. So, you know, I, I, I think at this point they should definitely be looking to move him. It's just a question as to when. And, you know, we, we there was a report that came out, um, I think, yesterday that essentially it was like teams are, are like, really interested to know, like, what's really going on with Fultz. Like, is it really an injury? Is it psychological? Like, these teams need to know, like, what exactly is going on with him, and I don't even know that Philly can tell them because, like, they're seemingly still out of the loop. So it makes it even harder to, like, conduct a trade. Um, One trade that I do think would be interesting uh, would be Fultz to Phoenix, uh, Jack Jer- uh, not Jaron Jackson, Josh Jackson uh, to uh, Denver, and then uh, Juan Hernan Gomez and uh, Leiden to make the money work, go to Philly. Um, maybe if you're Philly, you could negotiate something in that so you get like a little extra. Um, though I at it, it those players' current value, I doubt it, but maybe you could say, um, just as, like, a a, a, a um, way to get a little something, you could say, hey, Denver, like, give us swap rights to your 2021 uh, first-round pick. Um, like, chances are Philly's going to be better than Denver, but maybe, you know, you get, for whatever reason you're not, and you get, like, a you move up the draft a couple, maybe three spots or something, Um so, so like maybe that's possible. Maybe you can negotiate something like that, um, but uh, but I mean you're definitely not going to get like a, a first rounder out of it, um, not in that various trade because you're getting a quality player in Juan Hernan Gomez, um, and if you're if you're Philly like you you should feel satisfied with that as far as not what you put into Fultz, but what you have now with Fultz. Um If you can get a guy like Hernan Gomez who can shoot. Uh, it's pretty much lights out from three, stretch four, to kind of fill the exact, you know, what you need at the position. Um, I I, I think that would be great. And if you're um, Phoenix, you know, I mean, you you don't need Jackson. You have all these wing players, even minus Ariza, who's not going to be there next season. You still have T.J. Warren, and you have, uh, you just, you know, traded uh, the future unprotected Miami pick. Um, to get Bridges. So, like, obviously, like, that's a guy you value, and, and the playing time shows that. Um, so, you know, you kind of just take a flyer on Fultz, basically saying, you know, Jackson's not working out. We'll see. Maybe Fultz will. Maybe, you know, maybe he gets his head right and everything else. Um, and, and if you're Denver, like, my thought would be two things. One, um, you're, really, you're really lacking depth on the wing, and Hernan Gomez, like, the most minutes that he gets for that team is when he's playing um, because of injury. Like, he's, he's getting decent minutes right now because, um, obviously, Will Barton is hurt, but he doesn't really get a lot of minutes. Like, if you go look up his, his like, minutes in, in games log, it's not really that much. Uh, and he doesn't provide the defensive um, necessity that you need if you're that team maybe Jackson can give you that. You don't really need shooting on that team. So you've got a center who can hit threes. You've got power forwards who can hit threes. You've got two guards who can hit threes. They can. All of their team can shoot, um, but they lack that defensive effort. And, you know, if Jackson works out, maybe you keep him in the starting lineup and you can move Barton back to a six-man role um, because he was really, really good at that last year. Um, so that's something also to consider if you're, you know, the coach. Um, but also, Jackson has three years left on this deal, whereas Serena Gomez has two. Um, so, like, that gives you a little extra padding because you're going to have to re-sign uh, Jamal Murray in two years. You don't want to have to be re-signing two guys again like you were in that position this year with Harris and Jokic, and you had to give up the draft pick to, you know, draft picks, you had to give a first rounder and two second rounders to get off of all of those other salaries. Um, so i I don't know, I think that could be a trade that would work um, you know it, it, if it, it, I think the biggest thing is it would depend on Denver it, it, like it would depend on how they see Josh Jackson, how they see how he could work into their system. Um, but I, I mean I do, I do like it on a lot of levels. Um, I mean, I think Philly's obviously, the metrics of it are shitty because essentially, basically, you're giving up, uh, you know, the number three overall pick and whatever the Kings pick ends up being for Juan Hernan Gomez. But at this point in time, like, I, I don't I, – given what Markel Fultz is and what your team needs, which is obviously not Markel Fultz, even if he becomes, like – like, pretty good. Um, it, 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 he just conflicts so much with Ben Simmons. Um, he, he's never going to reach his full potential on this team regardless. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe you could get a better trade down the road, but as of now, that would be about the best that I can, like, really conjure up um, as far as their team. Because I, I do think Hernan Gomez would be a reasonable replacement for Dario Saric, I mean, I think uh, he's a better three-point shooter than Saric. He's at least more consistent. He's not as good. He's not as good of a passer. Um, probably not as good of a ball handler. I'd say he's equal to maybe a little bit better defensively. Um, uh, probably not any better. Just just about equal. Um, he's got he's got a little better lateral movement, um, but like neither one is like great. Um, but you don't really need defense if you're the Sixers. You need someone who can hit shots, um, and this is a guy who can do that consistently. I, I like it for all teams involved. What, what do you think about that trade, Luke?
1: That's a, that's a very interesting trade because you got to, like you said, you got to have a couple of teams invest on something that they see from this player in their system exactly. and they can get it. Three-team trades are always hard. Yeah, yeah. Because you just need all parties being like, yes, yes, and this makes sense. And the crazy thing is, I think the one team that might not see it reasonable enough could be silly. And just because yeah. like like you said, I mean, Gomez is great, like, you know, I mean not great, I mean, but you know, he's he's a better shooter at the three right now. He could do a lot of things like you're saying, but Yeah, I then think again I, I checked, mean
0: he, he was shooting forty seven percent from three this season. In um, some limited minutes. Um, but, I'll you know what, I'll pull it up because uh, he's played a few games since then. But go ahead and I'll pull it up in the meantime. Yeah, so that'd
1: be interesting. But, yeah, if you're Philly, you're giving up. So you're essentially, you gave up a first rounder. And then, you're basically giving up the fourth round pick. And then Denver just cashing out big time. I mean, do. That'd be an interesting one. One that I just kind of kicked around in my head. Who who's saying no to this one right now? And this is kind of bad too. It's not getting that much return, but I feel like this is where Fultz is at. Yeah. New, New York Knicks is like, yeah, we'll give you Courtney Lee and we'll, we'll wait. It's gonna get to out the way for Patton, but give us back Patton and Fultz just to make the contracts work because Patton's not gonna play any minutes on on Philly. I don't see. I just feel like he was the kicker, so you gotta wait till his thing. And I mean. Yeah. At least Courtney Lee is giving you what you're kind of missing in Covington. I mean he's no Covington but he is a three and D kind of a guy and you sure. can use that again. So that but then again that's not the greatest return but I mean in the end I mean you only have two years. So you yeah, have this year of Lee and then next year he's done. So I mean, just essentially I mean it's at least he's giving you yeah. minutes and he would be able to provide you something while Fultz is not and Patton is not gonna do any so that one, right? Be, I mean, if I'm feeling yes, I'd probably say no still just because it's like this I kid was would. the first round pick. But then again, if Cordy Lee could work out on my team and I get another
0: guy that'd be
1: a defensive floor spacer, but I by the way,
0: yeah, I, I, I got something to throw at you. Here's another one that I thought of, uh, like. Two days ago, um, and it would it would require a lot, um, mind you, um, but it's another three-team deal um, because I love I love the, the puzzle pieces that are involved in three-team deals. By the way, I don't I don't think that's I, I wouldn't do that trade. Um, I I might be more inclined to do it if Courtney Lee was an expiring contract. Um, like I'd rather do that deal for Terrence Ross because um, he's expiring and he's been shooting really great from three. Um, and I feel like I could at least get, like, the OKC pick out of that deal, you know? Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, I, I thought of this one the other day. If, if Charlotte, like, doesn't end up panning out, um, and, and this I'm not going with this where you think I'm going with this, because, like I said, there's three teams involved. Um, but if Charlotte doesn't end up panning out and, like, they're terrible – um, like, they go on, like, a 10-game losing streak, uh, which is very possible. I mean, they did lose to the Hawks, like, a week ago. And I was, I was like, damn, Charlotte, like, y'all, y'all are, like, trying to stay in there, but then you, like, drop one to my Hawks, like, shit. Um, but if, if they're just doing really poorly, how about something like this? Kimba goes to um, New Orleans. And Miritich goes to Philly. And Markel Fultz goes to uh, Charlotte. And both Philly and New Orleans send first-round picks um, to kind of – like, to me, it it would suck. But if I had to give up – if I could get Miritich, I would give up Fultz in a first-rounder. And if I'm New Orleans – if I did get Kimball Walker, I'm definitely giving up Miritich in a first-rounder. Um, like, honestly, I'd probably give up two if it weren't for Anthony Davis. Like, but it would the, the second pick would have to be very protected um, in case Davis left. Um, but, uh, but, damn, dude, could you imagine, like, Kimball Walker, Drew Holiday, uh, and then, you know, I guess fill in the blank at the three, each one more maybe. I don't know. Um, and then... Uh, Randall and and uh, Ad like that team would be fucking crazy fun to watch. Like that would be my new favorite team to watch. Um, but then also like Miritich would be such a big help. He'd be like Juan Hernan Gomez plus, which is why you're giving up the first round pick. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, if you're if you're Charlotte and you're not going to make the playoffs. And we'll get to this later as far as it pertains to Charlotte um, with a big decision coming up with them and, and Kimba. Um, you get Mark Fultz and two first-round picks. And, like, basically, you, you get Mark Fultz. you already have Malik Monk, and you already have Miles Bridges, and you have uh, Willie Hernan Gomez. You have four young guys who you can, like, build with, and you just hope that all four of them, like, can out in some way. Um, it's not a great return, but we also have to keep in mind that um, Tim Walker is an expiring contract, and two things. One, no team's going to trade for him that, well, I won't say no team, but it's, it, you'll get less in return uh, from a team that has max cap space next season, much less in return. Um, and, uh, you know, because he's expiring, there's just there's going to be a thin market for him, and teams, know what's on the horizon for Charlotte. And like I said, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, just quick thoughts. What, what do you think about that kind of scenario?
1: That one would be interesting. The team that I'm like, yes, 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 I'm New Orleans. I'm like, yeah, what? let's do that. <laughs> exactly, 100%. right. I even know Mirkis is really good on their team, and when he got traded to them, he really helped their team out. But, again, I mean – Ad can play the power forward and Randall's my center, and I'm completely fine with that. It's like yeah, because yeah. if I have Kima uh, Andrew Holiday, yeah, that's that's gonna be a nightmare at the at those two, and then back exactly. down low. And more is actually not that bad. He's uh he can shoot the three, so you know he he's, he's been years. really
0: efficient this year.
1: Yeah, I dude, I never saw it out of him because I mean he played on the Celtics for a little while there, and you know I was kind of like you know I always root for my guys, but I didn't see this out of him so. You know, I like what he's lost, so he's a smaller size three, but I mean you you got A D down low. So yeah, if I'm definitely New Orleans, I'd say yes. Um Charlotte, I would probably if I know, you know, Kimba's gonna probably be out of our future. We've obviously didn't do it this year. Um yeah, and then Philly, I definitely I'd probably be your best return you're getting. And if I'm Philly, I'm gonna look exactly like, okay, this is him like going from the Bulls to New Orleans. And look at how good he did in that run they did this is exactly what we can do with them. And I would be, and we're yeah. getting some great stuff. That one would work. That would be a tricky one. But yeah, that one would probably be Philly's best. That's the best case scenario
0: for Philly right there, cashing out big, Right. And not getting Yeah. A and you have to give up a first for that. Like no doubt, but I don't think you have to give up the Miami first for that. Like you give up like your 2020 first round pick top 14 protected, um, oh. And it's probably going to convey in the mid to late 20s. Um, And that's fine. Like, I mean, I would give up that in Fultz for Miracic just because of how good he is, like how how much he could bring to that team. Um, And, again, like, if I'm Philly, I'm trying to say, how can we replace Sarge? Because we already replaced um, Covington with a better player in Jimmy Butler. Is there a way where we can replace Sarge and get somebody who can do what we had Sarge do for this team? Um, It doesn't even have to be a better player than Sarge because, I mean, we've talked about this before. Sarge was never going to reach his full potential on Philly, uh, in my opinion anyway, because he's a much better playmaker than what he could be allowed to be with Ben Simmons. Um, So, you know, who can you get to replace, like, his shooting, um, the, the, being able to spread the floor? He wasn't that great defensively anyway. He was okay. Um, but, like, you would get that in, in a guy like Miracic. You'd get everything that you got that you wanted to get from Saric in a player like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that could be interesting. Um, let's transition. Let's just go ahead and, and skip to this because, uh, you know, we're, we're already kind of on the borderline of talking about it. Charlotte. Um, I think Kimba Walker is going to make an All-NBA team this season. And that's what I've been referring to is, like, they've got a big decision ahead of them. I would not give Kimba Walker a Supermax. I wouldn't do it. Um, We've seen what has transpired with Washington giving John Wall a Supermax, and it hadn't been good. Like They'd be in a much better position to trade John Wall right now if he was an expiring contract versus a supermax extension, like there would be more teams that would be willing to take the risk, um, but there's not very many teams out there that are willing to take on that 37, starting at 37 million dollars, 37.8 million dollars next season, and averages out to over 40 um, over the next four years. Uh, if if you're Charlotte, like are you prepared to give? Kimba Walker a supermax just because he's that good. Um, If he makes an all NBA team, which as of right now, I I don't think anybody in their right mind would exclude him from three, well, excuse me, six out of of the best guards in the leagues thus far this season. Um, I feel like you'd have to be either extremely biased or crazy to do that. Uh, But you're Charlotte, you're Michael Jordan, um, like, are you going to do that? Are you going to give him a supermax? And if not, if you're not going to give him a supermax, I feel like for me personally, that would make me want to trade him even more because if he's, if he's caught in a situation where, where he's like, all right, well, you're not willing to give me the Supermax, which I would sign. I will resign with you if you give me the Supermax. Maybe you'd be stupid not to. That's so much more money. Um, but if they're not willing to give him the Supermax, then like the difference between a regular max contract for five years and a max contract for four years is not really enough if I'm Kimball Walker – for me to like say, I'm definitely going to stay with Charlotte, even though you know m- most indications are that you know he's pretty loyal to that team, wants to be there, but nevertheless, a lot, a lot can transpire, especially when it comes to a team being like, we really like you, but we're not going to give you the extra 50 million dollars that you could get. Um, because we just don't think you're worth it, and the thing is, it's because he's not worth it. But Luke, what are your thoughts on the whole Supermax uh, for Kimba uh, next season? The potential of that happening? I mean, if
1: I'm Charlotte, I'm giving it to him. I
0: mean, I,
1: i've always I've always been a Kimba fan, man. Um, I see it in him. Yeah, he's a little undersized and all that, but dog's a winner, man. He just knows how to win. He's a grinder. He just – he hasn't had anything ever, dude. And what he can do, I mean, I'm 100% doing it. I have to admit to myself, though, that, yes, this might be a bad decision, but I've made plenty of terrible decisions drafting and trying to build around this guy, and he's completely been loyal to us, that I should give him the – if he's – right now, what guard is playing maybe Willard is like a point guard is playing better than Kimba, I mean. He was just leading the league a second ago and scoring. I mean, the guy knows what to do in crunch time. He's the type of guy that you give him the ball at the end of the game, and you're just like, yeah, I, I trust what's happening right now because he's either going to make the right move or pass it, but he's he's just a good player, man. He's always been like that in college. He just, he's a bulldog, man. You want bulldogs on your team, and there's not that many of them out there. And like you said, I mean, he could be saying this for PR reasoning that, you know, he wants to stay there and loyal and all that. But if I'm him and if I do make first-team All-NBA and they're like, hey, we're not going to give you the Supermax, I'm leaving in a heartbeat. Because, like you said, it's not worth the me staying and going through the trouble. Obviously, if I'm willing to invest, you know, my career to you guys completely, you should, you know, reinvest it back in me. Mean, there are some terrible contracts out there I, I I know the John Wall one looks bad right now, but you can't put the Kimba situation, the Wall situation, and all that. I mean,
0: call me for a while. I will will at least give you, like, Kimba is the ultimate team player, and, like, Wall seems to not be. (laughs) So, like, that's a big fucking difference in in their their personalities. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. Go ahead, Kidney. I was going to say, just
1: look at Memphis. Memphis was very loyal to their guys, and Conley's actually doing really well this year. Like, you look at yeah, my Conley, and you're well. like, I would take him on my team. Like, he's nothing flashy and all that. He just does the right thing, man. And it's just like, right. sometimes they're worth that. I mean, yeah, it's crazy money, and it's, <clears throat> it's it can put you in cash nightmare hell, but... You already don't have anything if you're Charlotte, so you're going to go in a complete rebuild. I mean, you have young pieces. You can get a lot out of them, but if if I want, if I'm supposedly not from what Michael Jordan says, not giving away Kimba, then I'm I'm paying for him. If, if I'm Jordan, yeah, it's his and main Jordan priority. Talent. If Jordan and Jordan knows talent, I'm guaranteed he sat down with him and he talked to Kimba plenty of times. And he's probably like, this kid has it. Like he understands. Like you know, kid. But like, I've done like me GMs have done terrible drafting. I mean, you could have got the treasure chest, code from Danny Ames supposedly to move up to get Winslow. So happy we didn't do that. But it's just like, <laughs> no, you were really, you are really adamant that Frank Kaminsky was going to be the guy for you guys. Like, come on. yeah. Uh, just Mike, uh, Michael Michael Kid Gilchrist. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Kentucky fan. I love what he did in that run at the final not, uh, not a number two overall pick, though. Not number two. Was Victor Oladipo? Yeah, I'm almost 100% positive. Victor Oladipo is number three. No, Oladipo
0: is number two. Whatever year he was drafted, he was definitely number two. Okay, I was just going to say, if you just passed over Oladipo and like Gilchrist it's just like just bad moves,
1: man, like bad. You could have made a yeah. good team around him, and- and like I said, like name a good player. You got so the the best player maybe that they went out and got was, oh man, Bull Jack Center. of oh, I can't think. He played with Millsap when Millsap played on that team, and he was the center. They got him, and he was actually decent for Charlie for a second there. It's like Dwight Howard in one year for him. Just like you're getting these guys like out of their. Like, oh, uh, Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson. That was the last year. Al Jefferson was good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, you go out and you try to get people, but you get people on, the, like, their last leg. Like, not a lot of teams can do that where it's just, like, you're bringing all these guys together and their last, like, leg to, like, do it. It's like, well, Kim is really young still, too. I mean, so I think I think Kim is worth it, man. I He's just – he's raw, man. He He's – You look at him, and you just, like, you kind of don't see it coming out of him. And then, like, at the end of the game, you're like, yo, whoa, he had 38 points and 12 assists and, like, a couple steals. You're like, what? Did Kibber just really do that? So, I would give him the Super Maximum, Charlotte.
0: Yeah, uh, you're going to laugh at this. Uh They didn't pass on Victor Oladipo. But you know who they did pass on to get Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Bradley Beals. Bradley Beal. The guy oh, who they're God. rumored to the want to trade for.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's impressive. That that irony at its greatest, dude. That's, oh yeah.
0: Dude, he would be
1: great with Kimba. I mean, dude. John oh, Ball, he'd be so good, so good
0: a dude. Years if, ago. They be a trade, the if they could pull off a trade. If they could pull off a trade for Bradley Beal, like, uh, then maybe. So I just I don't want to be in the luxury tax and be like a a, a first round exit like. And, and like, I know these guys all, like, especially, like, Michael Jordan, dude. Michael Jordan didn't need the fucking money. Um, like, but nevertheless, like, it's just the the, the metrics, the optics of it all. Like, I I don't want to be paying that much more than I have to be paying for the same fucking result, you know? Um, that's, like, the thing with Washington right now. That's why I think they fucking just trade Otto Porter to the fucking Kings for cap relief and get out of the fucking luxury tax. Um, but, uh... Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I would not want to pay him the Supermax and I would be looking to trade. Um if it, if a viable trade presents itself. I'm not gonna do it if if I don't see, you know, something that I actually feel like could could be um optimal for my team long term. Uh but anyway, uh we need to take a second to talk about our sponsor, Action Heat. Because The blistering brigade of winter is here. Um, That is one of my favorite lines that I've written uh, for for this podcast thus far, so I keep using it. Um, But you know what that means. Time to dig out those bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. Nay, I say, we have a better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat similar to a heated car seat. The clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. I work in a warehouse and I have recently purchased a heated jacket to go along with my heated socks and It makes a world of difference. Dude, Luke, how fucking cold was it earlier this week?
1: I know, it was really cold for Georgia weather, really cold.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, like, Boston's like a whole, whole different game plan, like, as I'm sure you're familiar with. But for Georgia, dude, it was like January weather. It was fucking crazy. It was so, so cold, and I felt none of it. I, uh, I, I got my heated jacket. And you know what else? I, unfortunately, um, have a car that does not have heat in it. But you know what makes it bearable? Action Heat. Their jackets, their socks. Um, it makes it so much better to be comfortable. No matter what your situation is, you're going to be comfortable in this apparel. Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire. They have great new styles, and they're very reasonably priced, starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to ActionHeat.com, you can enter our code GVN at checkout and get 20% off, or go to ActionHeat.com backslash GVN for the same result. That's ActionHeat.com backslash GVN, or enter the code GVN at checkout to get 20% off your order, You can't control the weather, but you can control your environment with action heat. Luke, we very much need to talk about your Celtics, man. Because last week, Brad Stevens, after a loss to the Knicks, said, and I quote, we're not playing with the same personality we played with last year. I just don't know that were that good, maybe it's not a wake-up call if you keep getting beat. Granted, the Celtics have rallied a little bit as of late, but they're still, they have a lot of fucking questions. A lot of questions. What's going on with your Celtics, man? What would, like if, if you were to diagnose, and I'm sure you've watched almost every minute of every game, Like what, what is the thing to you that sticks out the most? Um, as, as far as like what, what this team needs to do and needs to be doing, um, I would say first and foremost, they were really smart to, uh, start smart <laughs> or, 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 uh, uh, the Marcuses, if you will, um, because those guys are kind of getting after it right now. And those are, um, some, some, the like, key decisions, um, but like, you know, overall, what, what's going on with your Celtics and, and what do you think as far as, um, you know, how it's going to iron out throughout the season? Ugh. Oh,
1: man. I mean, it's tough. Um, the only phrase that comes to mind right now is too many cooks, dude. too many cooks are in the kitchen. And yeah. that's what I knew. I knew it was going to happen like this. I mean, last year, first off, you have LeBron in the East, so you're not really looked upon and all this. And, you get two big injuries to your guys, so now you're kind of, like, written off and all that. I mean, everyone didn't have us like, making out of the first round of the playoffs. So you have all these guys that, like, really showing up and all that and, like, really come to fruition and, like, show that they, they can, like, you know, stand up in the NBA and all that. And then so now you're acclimating two really good players, one who – I'm glad that we have him off the bench. He's, uh, Hayward's kind of not Hayward. I mean, well, everyone knows. He's he's not Hayward. He's he's not the Utah aggressive. It's going to take him time. It could be a mental thing. I mean, he could still be. I mean, fresh off this injury, it's going to take him a while to come back up completely healthy. And then also, too, is Jalen Brown, I think, is getting, and I knew it was going to happen, and uh, is getting the the worst end of it all because, I mean, he's kind of just lost his way. Almost, I mean, and so what it comes down to is our team's not playing smart and uh, like a team and like we should be. We're playing like, oh, I got the ball. It's my time to do my thing. i got to get my points right now because, you know, it's about me. And, I mean, Rozier kind of, you know, he's taking his step back. He's definitely trying to, you know, show out this season so he gets his money because, I hate to say it, in the end, I don't see Rozier being in our future if we sign Kyrie, so – He's right. definitely trying to show up, plan. yeah, he's the backup plan. If Kyrie goes back on his word and, and saying that he's not going to stay on the team, which I don't think he will, I don't think Kyrie is a, a person like that. So, so, so Rosie is kind of so. Right now, I knew it was kind of it was going to happen like this. Like we weren't going to just jump into the season and just be like, yeah, we're killing everyone and all that. And now we have the target on our back because that's what we think. Everyone was thinking Self is going to be the number one team this year and all that, sure. so now every team is putting forth to be like, oh, so you're supposed to be the best team in the East? Well, let me show you what I'm really capable of. So, sure. I think okay. that has to do a lot to it, and it just, I think it's going to take time, man. We, we're we still 25 games in. we still got a little bit of time. If we're coming up on, you know, Valentine's Day and all this and still playing, like, 50-50 ball and all that and, like, teeter-totting at the lower end, now it's time to put... Steven's going to figure it out. He had to light a match under their ass. He had to definitely get them Absolutely. to just basically being like, you know, you you got to better than this. Stop, you know, using excuses and getting beat by terrible. I mean, if you look at our losses, we have some pretty terrible losses. I mean, yeah. lost to the Knicks, a bad loss. We lost to Dallas. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad loss. So we yeah. lost, Well, Orlando's been beating teams, but we lost to Orlando. That's a bad loss. I mean, these are teams yeah. that you're yeah. supposed to be taking care of in the East, and it's just like you're losing. Now the other ones, I mean, you know, they're they're acceptable. It's just right now, it's gonna take time. The only person that is figured out back to being offensively, I mean, everyone's kind of offensively lost is Kyrie because Kyrie, Kyrie, man, dude, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, he just he's knows how to get his buckets. Yeah, but like you know me, man, I'm a Horford defender. I, I love Horford and all that, stuff. He's, he's having kind of a down here. He's been yeah. having it down here, man. He's been having it, but I feel like it's all part of the whole team in me. Tatum, my boy, dude. I will ne- I, I can't say anything bad about him, but Tate needs to go back. I Tatum can. The last year. Stop
0: shooting mid-range Tatum, yeah. jumpers, motherfucker.
1: Yeah. I, you, I love that you worked out with Kobe, but I miss you just driving to the rim and me. You yeah. literally have dunked on two of the like, like you dunked on LeBron from and you dunked on Paul George. Exactly. Who is stopping you? Who is stopping you that you are like, oh, I got um, Terrence Ross on me right now. I shouldn't bring you to the bucket. Like who is who is? Scared well, let of me I mean, you shoot a turn B, eighteen like, foot jumper. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you got the like. Trust me, your shot great. You're good, but you you have these crafty, like last year, you have these crafty just kicking to the rim and getting, or either getting fouled or that weird, like, I don't even know what he's doing. He's going to the left-hand side, but he's doing this weird right-handed, off, like, the backboard kind of, it's, it's a very weird layup, but he's got it, and I don't understand it sometimes, but I just don't see that anymore. I mean, it's, I mean dude, he's going to become that player where he can just drop, and like just stop at the 18 foot 20 foot range and just make them but you're still very young man use your raw yeah. athleticism ability just just everything you need to start dominating. you basically him and Kyrie need to get away real quick and Kyrie needs to just be like yeah this is it but sometimes I worry that Kyrie's too smart for his own good and, I just, and he <laughs> might have trouble uh you know, explaining to Tatum how gifted he is. You know, and, he's like, you know, I Tatum has to figure it out for himself. But, man, if those two could get together and really just figure it out, I mean, Tatum should be the number two option at all times. I mean, he should yeah. be doing it. It should, it should be him and Kyrie. should be leading our team and everything. And then I really hope that we can figure out something with Brad, man. I love – Brown, but yeah. it's just what he's always struggled with his whole career is free throws, and I feel like that's what's holding him back. If you can make a free throw, then all those times you're driving to the rim and all that, and people are now are definitely found you. They're not letting you dunk on them anymore. They're not letting you get now, back. They're going to they're gonna have to shack you, man. You've got to make a free throw. you got to take the time. And I know you work on it, And and here I am, I mean, I probably miss him, but it's just like I, I believe that Brown has the talent to be a really good free throw shooter. I mean, it takes it takes people plenty of time to figure out a shot and all that, and sometimes, I mean, just – Brown at least knows he's no mid-range shooter. He can make a three right. and get a dunk on him. and he plays good defense. But I just feel like the defense is falling off because his of confidence is falling off, because his of minutes are falling off, because his of scoring potential is falling off. It just has a lot. It's going to take his time. I feel
0: like,
1: cascading yeah, I just feel like hopefully, you know, Christmas time we're going to be, you know, taking this turn, win Christmas against Philly, and then by February and all that, now we're going into our run and really clicking as a team. As long as the Celtics make the playoffs, I'm not worried about. Yes, last year home court advantage was super to our advantage and all that, but that was missing two of our key players. So I'm not as yeah. worried if we don't get home court advantage.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, I agree with you pretty much on all aspects. My biggest question to you right now is, are you still on the bandwagon of, if it costs Tatum to get Anthony Davis, you're going to say no? Oh, no, yeah, no, I'm sorry, no. Really?
1: Right. Really. I, I just can't. I mean, it's Anthony Davis that I understand, but I just like Tatum so much that I would give you – Spoken like a true homer. I, I would convince you that Jalen Brown and every single pick in my, like, like arsenal no. is worth why it why would they take that? Jalen Brown is like, shit this year. Hey, but Jalen Brown next to Drew Holiday could be a very good one-two kind of – You know, your guard's good defensively and all that. And Jalen Brown didn't look like shit when he was getting solid minutes. Okay, so here's the thing. This is what I am like. I've heard this trade before. If you're getting Tatum, so you have to go Al Horford and Tatum, you're not getting that Sacramento pick. So that's off the table. You might get the Clippers pick and our pick. Sacramento pick is not
0: looking that good right now.
1: I know, but still, Sacramento's going to fall. But you you probably wouldn't get the Memphis pick either. So, you're going to have to bank on Clippers' pick is a 1 through 14 for Texas. So, you're going to get out of the lottery. Or, or, or I can convince you let Jalen Brown go to your team, and I'm going to give you Sacramento. I'm going to give you Memphis. I'm going to give you my pick this year and next year and, and, and Al Horford. And, and you're going to say no to that now? Yeah, I, I will say
0: no to that because I'm I not getting a good consider, player.
1: Throwing in Marcus uh,
0: Marcus
1: uh, Smart, if no. and I don't not, be Marcus Smart is stuff. like a
0: product of his environment. I'm not getting a good player. Like hey, I got to get somebody. Like I, an I, 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 he very well is, but like I, I got Drew Holiday. I don't need Marcus Smart. What I need is someone like Jason Tatum who can score, like or potentially score. Like that's the thing. Like if I'm If I'm the GM for uh, the Pelicans, like, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to a trade, um, like, trading uh, arguably the best player in the league. But I got to get, like, an ungodly return. And, like, nothing that the Celtics can throw out is going to be ungodly unless it it, it involves Jason Tatum. Like, it's got to involve Jason Tatum. Um, and that's the thing, like, I get it, I get why you don't want to trade him, I get that, but like, I'm just saying, I don't think you're going to get, at least this year, you might get him next year if they're stupid and they hang on to him and then, you know, that the value goes down and he starts naming teams that, you know, he would re-sign with and all that shit, but for this year, I don't think you could get him unless you, unless you give up Tatum so real quick on that um i don't think we can get them this year too as
1: well i read um so the rose rule i don't i got to kind of look into this more but the the rose rule they both Kyrie Irving signed the rose rule contract and um Anthony Davis and you can't have two of the same players on the oh, same year so yeah unless there was Kyrie that came Irving up like
0: was, 2 years ago or something that i
1: i, yeah. I don't remember the sign his extension right now, we wouldn't be able to trade for Anthony Davis because we can't have two was. of the same yeah. players with the Rose rule. It was the Knicks, so, yeah. yeah. So they that right um, there is holding us back. But I would also need – if I do tra- – if, if Tatum were to get traded to you, too, say, say Kyrie signs his extension all that, I would need Anthony Davis to give me his word on getting an extension out of him. I don't want it for two years. And then I'm, uh, I'm getting, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried, Absolutely. about I'm not having Lakers coming trying to swoop in for you. I'm getting you. If I'm trading Tatum, I'm getting you for two plus five more years. So I'm getting you for the seven years. Like, At if least I'm three getting more. Tatum, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you for my foreseeable future. It's going to be you and Kyrie, but you are there yeah. for, like, it, it, but, but, yeah, so it, it, there's going to be a lot of moving parts, but. So I do see it possibly doing in the summer. I don't think New Orleans is going to trade him this year. They're still going to try to fight and do something, and they could do something quirky at the trade deadline. But I don't see New Orleans really trading in this year at all.
0: I don't either. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I think they'll keep him. They'll try to make a trade to make their team better, and they'll try to compete. You know, you know, whatever, whatever the case is. Um, I I was honestly a little little surprised that they didn't get on in on the Butler talks until like super late. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I I think ultimately they they will keep him um and and kind of see how this year plays out and and probably if it doesn't work out and things aren't going well uh optics wise, we'll trade him in the off season because that's the best time to trade someone is in the off season because Everybody's books are clear. Um, you, you're not having to take back as much money potentially. Um, draft picks are on the board. Every, you know where everyone's drafting. Um, like that's legitimately, legitimately the best time to 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 make a trade like that. So, I mean, that's that's what I would expect if they're smart, you know. But we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out. Um, but yeah, i I think it. I think it. Even still, even in the off season, I think it might cost Tatum. But like, here's the thing: if if Hayward like comes back by the end of the season and is playing like old school Hayward, um, maybe in the off season, like it it would take it would take Horford opting in, um, you know, or opting out, you know, depending on what, what happened, um, to get the, like, to make the monies match and everything. But, like, maybe at that point in time, like, you take, the, like, a slew of players that the Celtics drafted um, and Tatum and, you know, if, if Hayward's playing well, then you've got Kyrie, Hayward, and uh, Davis. You can re-sign Marcus Morris uh, you've still got Jalen Brown, you've still got Marcus Smart, like, that's a fucking really goddamn good team. Um, but I understand, like, you don't want to give up too much. You don't want to give up any more than you have to. Um, so I definitely get that. And you would much rather give up, say, um, Hayward to make the money work and then a slew of other, whatever, other picks you would have to give up um, and just just have Kaden play the three. But you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. It's it's gonna be interesting. I I think I would I would if for Boston's sake, I would hate to see Boston just hold on to their picks too long and not get him and then the Lakers swoop in and fucking get him. Because it could definitely happen. Um but ultimately I, I would I would have to think that if the Lakers tried to sweep in and get him that any smart GM would be would call up Danny Ainge and be like, This is what the Lakers just offered me. Like, I'm gonna need Jason Tatum, yes or no. Like and ultimately he would say, Okay. Because Jason Tatum is fucking awesome and he's going to be fucking awesome. But is he going to be Anthony Davis good? I doubt it. I mean he's going to be a perennial all-star. Is he going to be MVP talk? I don't know. I I don't think so. Um I mean maybe 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 I shouldn't say I don't think so. I just I don't know. And you know it with Davis. So um but that like I said a lot of that depends on how Hayward shakes out and you know what comes of that. But uh anyway, let's uh, let's move on Let's talk about the Magic and their interest in Frank Milikina. Uh, My dude, uh, I was super, super high on Frank Milikina. um, Not in this past draft, but the the draft prior. I think I had him number six overall. um, Honestly. Uh, And he is not good. He is not panned out whatsoever. Um, They tried to kind of Move him around in different positions, and nothing's really worked out. He's a really good defender, but he can't shoot. He can't drive. Um, He's never been able to drive. He was he was able to shoot, or he had at least a decent form overseas, Um, but he still didn't have a high percentage. But he's always like the biggest thing that I was always worried about was his inability to get to the rim, Um, and that's kind of showing itself even more so in the NBA. Um, He just doesn't seem to have that skill set, and maybe it'll come along with time, but maybe it won't. The Magic are interested in him. If I'm the Knicks, I would entertain it. Um, Like, Let's say I could give you Frank, and you take on Courtney Lee, I can get off of his money next season and I get Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons uh, plus the OKC pick uh, t- 2020 pick, uh, it's top 20 protected but you know the, the likelihood is that they will be a top 10 team next season um, I mean granted if they're not then it's immediately two second round picks which that would really suck so you'd be crossing your fingers on that on that regard, um, but if you can get that deal done, you're shaving an immense amount of salary cap off your books, and you know that's you still like. And I said this to to both uh, Joel and um, Juwan. Like as of right now, as bad as the Knicks are and what they're projected to get as far as the draft. Um, that draft pick counts against your salary. Like, whatever you're going to have to pay then counts against your salary. Um, they don't have the money even right now to afford a max contract for KD, um, much less two max contracts. Everybody's talking about, getting the Knicks like, get two max players this offseason. They don't have the fucking money for that. I don't know where people are fucking coming up with these fucking uh, numbers. Um, but they, if they were to make that trade – um Ross is expiring. Simmons has a million dollar buyout next season. Um it would cut a lot of money off their off their books. Um and you could, you know, sign Katie and it it'd still leave you a little money left over to maybe go get a point guard or re sign Moody. Um so you would at least have the assemblance of a team together around Katie. Um and maybe you don't get KD, and that's fine, too, because you just sign a bunch of you, – you got a first-rounder out of it, a late first-rounder, but a first-rounder, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, you, you sign a bunch of one-year deals like the Lakers did, and you, you fucking punt, and then you say, well, well, we'll see what we can get the next season. Um, maybe Kristaps just balls out, and, you know, he uh, attracts some talent the following season. Uh, it's really tough with the Knicks uh, because they seemingly don't have a very smart uh, front office um, consistently, and we all know James Dolan is a, a terrible owner. Um, but, I mean, what do you think of that deal? Like, would you would you uh, either do that or entertain that if you're the Knicks? And if you're the Magic, that's probably going to mean you win less games this season. Um, but, if you want Aquina, like you're gonna have to, Terrence Ross is gonna have to be involved in that deal. You're gonna have to take on Courtney Lee. Maybe you can make up for what you lose from Terrence Ross from Courtney Lee. Um, and you know Simmons is, is just there because he's essentially an expiring contract uh, as well. Um, and the the OKC pick, you know, I mean it's it's a, it's it's a first round pick, but it's it's not gonna be good. And it could end up, you know, Russ or PG goes down and. It, it, it could end up being, you know, not even. It could end up being two uh, mid to late second round picks. So, um what but what are your thoughts on that deal for the teams considered, Luke? I don't
1: I mean it's an interesting deal. I mean I would consider it if I'm the magic, I mean I would do it if I'm so interested in break, but first off I gotta really I I really I just I almost chimed in when you were talking. I'm so happy you're filing on the side with me that he's not that great of a player. There's been so many times I've had to sit back and kind of hear it. I mean, he's good defensively, but like you're saying, dude, what he what he doesn't like like he can't get to the rim and like what his like his defensive like 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 upside does not go at like what all his like his, what he you really know what his
0: ceiling is right now. Andre Robertson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't need to give him that much.
0: Really? Least, I mean, he's a really he's a really damn good defender, and if he could just polish his offensive game a little bit, it's like it's not like I sure Robertson's any good offensively. Um, can't fucking shoot to save his life. Um, and of course, I mean, he's been hurt for God knows how long. But uh, no, I mean, I, I I think right now that's a, that's what you're hoping he becomes is is like. Andre Robertson maybe can pass a little bit better. Yeah,
1: that's what you're hoping. I mean, like I said, I didn't I just I'm just happy that you like because i just always thought they kind of they didn't make the right draft pick It and pains all that me so,
0: so much to say it too. Because yeah, I really like good. the guy. I think I, honestly, I still say if you put that guy next to fucking Luka Doncic, he'd be a lot fucking better because Luka would free him up so much to do so much of what he's good at and basically fill in the gaps at everything he's not good at because Luke is good at everything that Frank Milikina is not good at. Um, But, you know, in in an alternate universe, the Knicks made the right decision and uh, took, um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, The kid who's playing in Dallas, the point guard. Dennis uh, Dennis Smith Jr yeah and then and then Dallas got Nilana and then Frank and Nilikna are playing alongside each other right now and um i I really think that would actually work. I really do, but um I don't know I probably not though honestly i i I've just bought it for so long that because I haven't seen it i have i i I can't be proven wrong on it so um but yeah, he's he's not very good right now. Um, but here's the thing. The Magic GM, used to be the GM for the Bucks. he values length. Um, and so, if you get Frank alongside Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba, dude, you've got the fucking biggest wingspan of any guard-forward-center combo in the fucking league at, at that point. Um, so... It, it, it could work out for them. And you know what? Like if I'm the Knicks, like I'm, I'm getting off, that's a lot of salary. If I can get off of Lee, uh, and Milikina, I mean, that's going to free up like $20 million next season. Close to it. Um, so that, that's going to allow me to sign KD. And, and like I said, make, make some other acquisitions. Um uh, maybe you go get Rondo. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of possibilities with that. Um, and and honestly, I think if you're the Magic, it's not really that much to give up. Like, Courtney Lee's a, a viable player still. Um, granted, he's been hurt for the, you know, beginning of this season. But, you know, it's not, it's not that much to give up uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, two expirings. Grant, granted, Terrence Ross has been playing great for you. But I don't think he's in your long-term Um like outline. And honestly, the fact that they're even interested in Frank Nillatina tells me that even um, Gordon and Vucic aren't in their long term. Um, I think they're going to re-sign Vucevic, uh or at least try to because he's just been so fucking good this year. And I don't think the trade market for him right now is what you deserve to get in return for him. Um, but if you can sign him to a Aaron Gordon-esque deal the way that they got Aaron Gordon on a reasonably good contract. Um, I think maybe uh, you could trade him in the future and bring along Bamba as you, like, you know, weigh those options. Um, but I don't know. I, I think too um, this whole, whole trade um, kind of it depends on Nick's being competent uh, in their front office, and I'm just not sure they are. I, I, like to me, the biggest thing that that like stands out to me is like total. Like, why did you do that? Is why the fuck did you waive Joe Kim Noah? It made like it, you didn't save any money. You didn't give up any money for you to waive him and stretch him. You could have waived him and stretched him in the off season and it would be the exact same deal that you got when you did it when you did it. Um, the only thing you got out of that was an extra roster spot. And granted, you I guess your last roster spot was Lonzo Trier. And Lonzo Trier has been really good for them. So maybe that's why you did it and but nevertheless you could have Leveraged him as an expiring contract in the off season to work some kind of sign and trade, or there's there's a lot of things that an expiring contract can get you, um, and or fuck even in this deal, like let's say the whole parameters of the deal I just laid out were the same, but you still had uh, Noah in the books, you could say, but you have to take Noah and we get Moskov back um, because he's got a $16 million expiring contract next season opposed to Joe Kim Noah's 18.75 or whatever it was. Like there's so many little things like that, that factor in like the, the Lakers waiving Luol Deng, but getting him to take $7 million off of his salary. Like that makes sense to me because you're, you're, you're getting that shedded salary. Um, so you, you're getting some incentive to, to stretch him. You, you didn't get any incentive. Like, I don't. I understand why you did it. I don't understand why you did it when you did it. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't trust. I never trust the Knicks front office to make the right decisions. Um, and and to me, that's the biggest reason why. If I'm KD, I'm very trepidatious about going there. Um, but anyway, um, just any sort of final thoughts on this whole. Um, Magic being interested in Neal. I know you mentioned the Suns are potentially interested in him if you want to you know, throw out anything on that.
1: Yeah, no, I was about to say, no. In a perfect world, real quick, in a perfect world, they take Donovan Mitchell and that's about it for the Knicks to not get Dennis Smith. So that's the real perfect world where they messed up. Sure. Another perfect world is here's what's going to happen with the Knicks. I'm going to call this through. So you have supposedly two teams right now and What you should really do is just take whatever the first, like, deal is and just take it. And just take it. Just take it. Just get away from it and just take it. Like you say, if you get off Lee and you're saving money, just take it. But you know what the Knicks are going to do? They're going to get these two teams in a bidding war, and then neither of these teams are going to do it because the Knicks do not know how to run things. They are going to do something wrong, and they have now two teams to do. But like I was saying back in the beginning, why this is going to be a terrible what? If you're the Suns and the Magic, why do you want this kid? He is not your point guard of the future. If I'm them, this is very, very wrong, like a wrong decision, and this is you got like your organization just making the typical terrible decision. If I'm really that desperate, just wait to the end of the year because your teams aren't going to make it and sign Terry Rozier because Rozier is a way better of a player in the year that yeah. could be better for the Suns and be way better for you if you're on the Magic. And if you're really that desperate, just wait, because you're not doing anything. But you would take a flyer on Frank that's not going to be your point guard. He's not running your team. I mean, if he goes to the Sun, that's, that's really bad, because who's running the point guard? It's still not, you know, it's not going to be Frank running the point guard position for them, so that's not going to work. And the Magic, I mean, I know you've always wanted a point guard and all that, but this guy isn't him. I mean, he's a good off-ball, like, playing the two if he could learn how to shoot, but he's just going to be your defensive, like making up for, like if you have an Isaiah Thomas as your point guard, so he's going to make up for your point guard being really bad defensively. He's going to he's going to help out a that up. But other than that, I mean, I don't know why they like he's like some like some hot like thing right now. I just don't see anything. I'd rather sit this whole year and go into a bidding war, Terry Rozier, than take the flyer mm-hmm. on him. To run my team as a point guard.
0: Yeah, I mean he's a project. I mean that's, I mean he's going to be a project for a while. Um, granted, he was the second youngest player in the league last year, um, and that's kind of why I gave him a pass. Plus the transition from um, from European play to NBA play and all of that. Um, but no, I mean I, he, as of right now, he's just not that good. And, um, you know, I mean, you, you, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think, um, essentially, if I'm the Knicks, if I can get a late first-rounder um, and get off of Courtney Lee's contract and get expiring contracts, that's, like, the best-case scenario. And Orlando can do that. Um, so if, if, if their GM, who, like, we know values linked so much, is willing to do that, fine. Like, fuck it. And, like, I'll do it. Like, even if Aquino becomes something, like, at the very least, you're freeing yourself up next season to, for so many various opportunities. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out, but I do think, I do think there's a trade there that, that could happen and maybe should happen, um, for, at least for the Knicks. Like, I don't, I don't know about the Magic um, but at least for the Knicks. The thing is, for the Magic, you just got to cross your fingers that like Courtney Lee is, is going to give you what Terrence Ross is doing you right now because, dude, Terrence Ross has been really fucking good for them, and they're, you know, a, a fringe playoff team right now, and I think if they make that trade, I don't think they're going to be a fringe playoff team. I think they're going to fall back down in the ratings, which they might do inevitably anyway. Um but, uh, if they do that, I think it's it's kind of a definite um because i I just wouldn't expect Courtney Lee to step in to a new team, a new environment um and everything else and and, and just immediately put up the same numbers um that Ross has been putting up um, and you know Fournier has kind of struggled to this point this season a, there's a lot of reasons why Orlando shouldn't do the trade as far as for the short term um but you know what? Maybe they're thinking we trade for Nilokina, we lose a few extra games, and we you know, get a better draft pick. Um, that could be um, what the GM's mindset is. We're winning way too many games right now. We need to fucking make a trade. <laughs> what do you want for Frank Nilekina? Um that, that could be what's going on, but who knows. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on to an actual trade that did happen. Uh, the Utah Jazz acquired Kyle Korver in exchange for Alec Burks and two second rounders from uh, Cleveland. What uh, What do you think about this trade loop?
1: Oh, steal. Steal of a lifetime. Man, Jazz, you making the right choice, man. You know what you've been really struggling at this year? Making some buckets. Your second leading scorer is, um oh man, why am I drawing a blank um, white guy? Uh, uh, man, this is bad. Ingles. Ingles. Ingles is your best. I mean, Corber is a good shooter. I mean, hey, run off these guys, and you only – Alex, Bur- Alex Burke is not in your plan at all. I mean, he barely gets any minutes. So, yeah, you're off that. And two second rounders, oh, yay, I'm going to really pick gold. And, you know, it's very hard to hit gold sometimes. So, worth it all the way. What I'm really surprised about it is all these other teams that didn't do the straight, like this Sixers. you couldn't you couldn't have done that. There was nothing. You couldn't have sent out two second Two second-round picks for Corbett. Uh, Milwaukee, I don't think Milwaukee needs it, but still. I mean, you can never have, a, like, too much shooting. I just think Jazz, very smart. Pick by, uh, you know, pick up by them. They've been really lacking some offensive. Like, you know, they needed some scoring and all that. I mean, Corbett knows how to hit a three. And, I mean, you, you're not picking them up for your defense. So, you have plenty of defense to hide them, and now you just have them running off screens and having and are you know, pretty good to really help out Donovan Mitchell because what's happening is teams are trapping on him because they're not really scared of Ingles really that much. So it's just like, whatever, we'll let Ingles do his game. It's not like a Middleton where, like, that's the second guy, and you're like, whoa, okay, well, maybe we need to figure out, like, not let Middleton just do some things like that and all that, and you have, like, a way it but, you know, it's going to be really good for this team, and especially in the crunch time, I mean, I'm mean, a huge Carter fan. I mean, I always loved what he did for the Celtics and all that. But he's been closing some games with them, and maybe put him out on defense. But these are when you got to be taking them out every possession on the offensive end. Like he's not that good. I mean, that's another body you're not worrying about on there. So you're just you really are, you're, you've been hurting yourself this year. And I think this is kind of what the Jazz needed. They don't need any defense. They're the the plenty good at that. They need some scoring. And they need a guy that is, is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He knows how to do it. So
0: I, I think make a steal for them all the way. I wouldn't go so far as to say a steal. But I, I, I do think I, – I understand where you're coming from as far as other teams. Like two second-rounders from the Jazz are not going to be good second-rounders. Um, Granted, you know Cleveland got an expiring contract back, but they got an expiring contract that's like worth like two point five million dollars more than Corver. Does they had to take on more money this season in order to get those two late second rounders? Like, so I don't, I don't love it for um, for Utah, but I, I I think it's fine. I think it's okay. I don't like it at all for Cleveland. Like you're not getting anything of any value back for him. Like it, let, let's say let's say that Cleveland um, doesn't end up um, conveying a first round pick to Atlanta. Um, so they're you know it's top ten that that pick is top ten protected this year and next season. So let's say they are you know. So in the bottom ten of the league for the next two seasons, they still have to give up two second-round picks. Are those two second-round picks anywhere close to, you know, uh, it, it, are are let me rephrase it, are the Utah Jazz picks anywhere close to what you're giving up? No, they're not. Um, like, I wasn't expecting you to get... Um, you know, a great haul for Corver at this point. But, like, I, I was thinking, like, one quality second-round pick um, would be nice. You know, I, that would be a good return, you know. Um, something between 31 and 40. Uh, but that's probably not going to be what this is. I mean, we don't know because the Jazz have been struggling. Um, and... They, they, man, they, their, their defense just not, has not been good, and that's weird because last year they were fucking unbelievably great, but their defense has not been very good this year. Um, playing favors, and uh, Gobert at the same time is not working. It worked last year, surprisingly, weirdly enough, um, but it, it, it's not working this year. Um, it, they, they've kind of more tried to convert to playing Crowder a little bit more, um, which makes sense. Like, you're going to have to play favors some next to bear, but you should really have those guys in, like, a three-rotation um, where, essentially, you're playing um, bear and favors the least amount of time together on the court that you can, and you're playing Crowder alongside either one of them playing center um, as much as possible. But, I I think that if if you're the Jazz, this is probably kind of one of those deals that you're like, all right, this is too good to pass up. Even if it doesn't work, we're not giving up a whole lot. Um, we're actually reducing our payroll this season, so that helps. Um, like I, I I don't I don't hate it. I just I don't think it's going to be. I, I don't think this is a game changer for them. I I think they have a lot of problems that they need to figure out and maybe this helps him win a couple extra games. It's not going to help him in the playoffs. Um, Corver's way too easy to, to scheme against defensively. Um, he, he, he gives up as many buckets as he gets. Um, and, and then you've already got the problem with Gobert, uh, who is a great rim defender and paint defender, but he can't switch on anybody. When you get a guard on him, man, yeah, I fucking did toast. So, you're adding that to your de- defensive woes that have already kind of started this season. I don't know. I, I don't love it for the Jazz. Uh, I think it-, it could end up working out. Corver uh, is shooting like 47% from three this year. Uh, if he keeps that up and gets, you know, a ton more threes, great. I will say this, the one thing, Thing that the Jazz do really, really well is they create open shots. Um, Donovan Mitchell uh, driving, Ricky Rubio's passing. Um, like, the, those two players they create open shots a lot, and the Jazz just have not been hitting them this year. Um, so, like putting Korver, getting him those shots, like on paper at least, seems like it translates to a lot more points, and thus more victories, so that, in, in 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 that, I think you know, he can help this team out a lot, um, but again, like, my, my skepticism is just on their defense, defense has not been good, and he does not help that, um, but maybe just them creating that many open shots, and Gorver and getting, you know, not necessarily the bulk of them, but Getting a, a, a fair um, amount of them will, will result in them scoring a lot more, which will help them, uh, you know, kind of counteract their their lack of defense. and And hopefully they can get their defensive woes together because they they should be a really good defensive team, and they just haven't been to this point. Um, and it's it's been very strange for a team that hasn't had a lot of turnover, like. You talk about, like, a team like Houston that hasn't had a lot of turnover, but they've had some very important turnover with Areza and Bob With this team, like, there was almost no turnover. <laughs> so uh, so it, it doesn't really stand to reason why they would be that bad defensively. Um, but, like I said, hopefully Corvall will kind of help out on the offensive side and, you know... Despite his lack of athleticism, he's 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 at the very least he's a smart defender. Um, he he knows like how to defend and, and what spots to be in. It's just his lack of athleticism and his age um, that you know kind of catch up with him. Um, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anything you want to add to uh, that before we move on? Luke?
1: Yeah, real quick, just because I don't want people to be like, which crazy. They think this What I mean by steal is like kind of all the things you were saying is, you're the Jazz, you did this quick deal that no other team could get involved with the Cavaliers, you shaved money somehow, and you gave up two But So, like, that's what I mean, because, like, it was kind of like a fast, like, there was no, like, really rumors going on, like, oh, hey, this is Corver and and all that, it was just like, oh, he's traded quickly. Like, that's a lot of teams not being able to get a chance to get Corvert. so right. you're taking that yeah. option away from you so you're not having to go against that, and you just did a very quick, quick backdoor deal with, and you duped the Cavs to take some more money on two second round picks. I mean, so all around Cleveland, I feel bad for all the fans that are there because that owner he competes with a lot of yeah. the, the great owners that make terrible, terrible
0: decisions. Yeah, well, the comic sans style. So. What are you going to do? Anyway, uh, let's take a moment to talk about uh, our other sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, do you have trouble getting in the mood or perhaps just with stamina? Then try Blue Chew, the new revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills will be shipped directly to your door, no doctor appointments, no lines, and most importantly, no more awkwardness. And because they're chewable, they work way faster and make it all the more easy to get just what you need. Go to BlueChew.com and enter the promo code GVN to get a free month's trial today. That's BlueChew.com. Blue is in the color. You and your partner deserve the best. Let BlueChew help you get there. All right, Luke. Let's get back into it. We've got a few more topics to discuss here. I uh, I want to move on to kind of just, just – we'll talk about this one kind of quickly. Um, Pop had a, had, a, had a few things to say about uh, Kawhi recently. So uh, essentially after when win, uh, Pop has asked about essentially Patty Mills taking up a leadership role on the Spurs, absent Parker, Ginobili, and Kawhi. And Pop responded, I, I don't have to quote in front of me, but uh, essentially that Kawhi is a great player, but he was never a leader on that team. Um, and he kind of expounded upon it a little bit, And naturally, you know, so the reporters went back and asked why. And he said he had heard it, um, and it basically, you know, kind of said, you know what, like, I guess when you get hurt, people forget, you know, like, what you did as far as on that team to lead, uh, and essentially said that, you know, it's behind him, and he's on his new team, and what have you. Um, uh, uh, Let me say this. To me, this is not a big fucking deal. This is not a big story. Like, essentially, uh, you know, Pop was essentially correcting a reporter who was saying, um, trying to insert Kawhi into a leadership role that Kawhi never had on that team. And, and Pop was just saying, well, well, Kawhi wasn't really a leader for us. Um, he was a great player and even said that. Um, he just wasn't, he wasn't really a leader. And, 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 and Pop even said in the statement, like, maybe he can go on to be a leader for Toronto. Um, you know, maybe he can do that, you know, throughout his career. But he just wasn't that for us. Um, and you know what? If us Papa would honestly kind of be like, and you know what? Like we never really needed him to be. Um, so maybe if the team needs him to be, um, maybe it will be a different story. But like he just wasn't that for us. I I feel like um, people kind of blew the story up to be a little bit more than it actually was. I I think. Pop was throwing, like, a little bit of shade, but not a lot of shade um, at Kawhi. Uh, because, I, I mean, I don't think Kawhi was a leader on that team. I think if you, you can go back and look at it, like, he, like, the only time he was actually really a leader on that team was 2016 uh, when they, you know, that, that year that um, Zaza Pachulia fucking, uh, like, stuck his foot out and fucking ruined that series. Um, for San Antonio um, that was when he like kind of started to take up that leadership mantle like you could see him him starting to like take up that mantle and then that injury cut cut that short and then everything after that like Kawhi was no leader um, so like it, he never became a leader on that team in my opinion and I don't think that's like I don't think it's really, like, a diss or or anything for, for Pop to point out. Like, he you, you just wasn't. That's a, that's a point of fact. Um, but anyway, d- d- do you think maybe I'm looking at this um, I, I, in a different way than maybe you do? Or, I mean, do you kind of see it the same way uh, that I do? Is just, you know, Pop's just pointing out a, a point of fact. I know. I mean, I, I see
1: the way you're saying it um, because... It's not that he was playing out and, like, trying to throw shade at Kawhi, but, like, like you're saying, until 2016, they didn't need him to be a role leader. Like, they had Tim Duncan. They had Mario Jogli. They had, you know, Tony Parker. They had their leader, so Kawhi didn't have to do it. I mean, but in the 2016 season, you could really tell, like, he was taking those strides. I mean, he was, he was so good. He was killer that season, and... I mean, yeah, it fell apart because he got hurt and then he got misdiagnosed and all that, so he didn't really get a chance to really lead the team. So I guess, you know, Pop's kind of throwing out some back there. But, I mean, in the end, I just – Kawhi didn't need to be that player at that time, and he could have been for the Spurs if everything would have worked smoothly just because, like, like Pop said in the end, you know, I think he could become the leader. It just had those times and all that when they – when he won the championship and ended up being the MVP – he didn't need to be the emotional leader. He wasn't – that's Tim Duncan. That's other players that are being there and all that. He's kind of learning from him. So he never got his chance to take his step without this team – like with all these guys, these legends that are for the Spurs are gone. So that's what I kind of feel like Papa's trying to say. And, and if I, I'm quiet, I'm not really responding to anything. I'm all focused in on I'm actually playing this year. I'm doing really, really well. I mean, for not even playing back-to-back, so I'm having an MVP season, and we're we're just really kicking ass, so that's all I'm really focused on. Yeah. So, in the end, I mean, but it just cracks me up. But uh, I feel like Pop's just kind of having these great quotes lately, and he's just kind of like <laughs> giving one last F you. Like, this is his, like, farewell. Like, because, like, I mean, how long does he have? He can still coach the US team, but I don't see him that much longer. And he's kind of just like – giving his final kind of fuck you subtle ones here and there. And then he's just going to be like, oh, and I'm done at the end of the year. Now it's his farewell. Like some last great, like, like things pop's just been saying lately. So that's what just kind of like made it kind of a little bit funny. Just lately, I think he's just been kind of cutting loose and just going to give us some great quotes throughout the year. Yeah.
0: RC Buford needs to make a trade. Like you got Yaka Portal. In that deal, you got the Toronto pick, which is obviously going to convey, um, and you have your own pick. Uh, that's enough to make something happen. Um, there's there's plenty. There's going to be plenty of teams across the league who are obviously not going to make the playoffs by the trade deadline. Um, I mean, it's it's so wide open at this point. It's hard to say who these teams are, but like. Like, let's just say you could go get a going Drogic. Like, somebody who can, like, like fucking help your team. Like, I, I I just, I think they need to make some kind of move, and it sucks that DeJounte and Murray got hurt, because with Murray on this team, given the, the kind of step that he took last year, um, I, I, I think that there could be a... a, a Good chance that they would be a top 14, which is what I predicted uh, going into the season. Um, but as of now, I mean they're 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 right there in the middle of of the pack, fighting for that eighth seed. Um, so we'll we'll see, you know, kind of how it all shakes out. But I really think they need to make a move. Um, n- maybe nothing drastic. Like I don't think it would take that much to give Goran Dragic. I don't think the Heat see them see him like long term as their solution um and unless like a john wall trade happens that involves Dragic and some other players you know exchange to um kind of offset what john wall is going to make next year um because I, I mean i just think um if, if i'm miami i'm like sure like i would love to have john wall but you need to take you know James Johnson and give us Marcus Morris's expiring contract so we can offset the cost it's going to cost us next year to pay John Wall. Um, you know, or something to that effect. Maybe Tyler Johnson or um, any number of those guys who are, are just slightly overpaid. Deion Waiters is another one. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think something has to happen for that team to kind of give them a little bit of life uh, given the fact that you're going to be without Deshante Murray all season, it's just it's terrible. I have to him. Um, but as far as uh, the way Kawhi handled the situation, I thought he handled it great. I mean, he basically I mean, he got his little clip in, and then after that, it was just like, but you know what? Like I'm I'm just I'm focused on my team, so you know whatever. Um, and that's exactly the way I would have handled the situation. Like that's exactly. Um, The way I feel like the situation should be handled is just, you know, like, yeah, sure, get you a little, like, you know, they forget what it is, you know, as far as you being a leader when you're hurt. Um, And other than that, like, he didn't have anything else to say about the comments Um, and just kind of was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm focused on my team. That's what he should be focused on. Um and you know, I thought uh I thought he handled it well. But I do I do think I, I, again I I don't think what Pop was saying was really a big diss on Kawhi. I think it was a like I said, small diss, but not really a, anything anything preposterous. Um but uh but yeah, anything you wanna add, Luke, before we uh move on?
1: No.
0: I think we've covered all the there. Indeed, sir. Uh, the Lakers. Let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. They are twelve and nine. they uh, they they look kind of like they're they're hitting a stride. I won't say their stride, but a stride. Um, there's still some like weird kind of uh, things that don't quite add up on this team um, as far as their chemistry is concerned. LeBron obviously looks great. Uh, that's undeniable. Um, he, he's really kind of come on in the last several games. I think Josh Hart looks really good. I think he pairs really well with LeBron. Um, Kuzma has played decent in his role, though his role has been limited. Um, but Ingram and Ball don't really look like they're jiving all that well with LeBron, um, which I feel like you could have predicted with Lonzo, uh, just because I, honestly, like Lonzo's not actually not bad off ball. Um but like I don't know, I mean I, I feel like he operates better obviously with the ball in his hand. Um and and the, the mainly just because like his passing is very quick whereas LeBron is very calculated. Um, and and they, they feel like kind of two, uh, like two two sides to a coin, if you will, as far as passing is concerned. And I don't know. I, I still am a little concerned with this team as far as long-term chemistry, um, though I do think they're going to be um, just fine this season. I think they'll finish with a, Better record than the Clippers, <laughs> um, but uh, but aside from that, um, what are what are your thoughts on the Lakers? Um, and you know, their their twelve and nine start. And um, let me just throw this out there before I kick it to you: I think they should at least consider with with Miles Turner re- reportedly being uh, not necessarily on the block, but Obviously, like, I think at this point the Pacers are way more comfortable with Savonis as their center, um, like, long-term. I mean, he's played fucking great this season and last season. In fact, there were there were at least two games – well, at least one game, I, th- I think two, um, last season uh, with Indiana versus the Cavs in the um, playoffs where I I was just like, why are you fucking benching Sabonis right now? The dude is like 9 for 11 from the field. Like, fucking put Miles Turner on the bench and put Sabonis back in the fucking game. Um, That's kind of coming to fruition this season. Um, And Sabonis has looked great. Um, But I I, I would entertain the notion of trading uh, uh, Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Volf one or the other for Miles Turner. Um the main reason being and I I would probably prefer to trade Ingram just because of of um you know positional fit. Um but I I mean ball would be fine too in my opinion. Um but like if you get like a, a, a stretch center, like LeBron loves stretch centers. Um, so, I mean, and a guy who's, like, that athletic and, and, and you can block shots and shit. Um, plus, um, his it, it, as far as Ingram, his cap hold is only, like, a million dollars more than what Ingram's contract is next season. Like, he's an expiring contract, so you're going to have to re-sign him next season. But, like, his cap hold still permits you the same uh, ability to go out and sign a free agent next season, as does Ingram's contract. Um, I would entertain that. I, I m- might even favor it um, at this point. Like it's just just because the fit doesn't seem to be working, um, and all of their targets, all of their like good targets, if you're the Lakers, are like wing players, like Clay Thompson, Jimmy Buck, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant. Like, all our wing players. Like, yeah, there's, there's, we don't know what DeMarcus Cousins is going to be like, and he's always going to have had, have, had torn his Achilles. Um, so that can always rear its head. Um, I, I'd rather have any amount of wing players and a young center um, who can hit threes and is athletic and can block shots and everything else. I'd rather, like, have my younger player be the center. Um, than my wing player, um, if that makes sense. Um, but anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on the Lakers in general? And um, do you, you kind of see that trade scenario making sense to you in the same way it makes sense to me? Um,
1: all I know is if we had any Lakers fans, you just appalled probably all of them, and they probably all just left because they're probably like, yeah. we would never stop the names of Niles Turner, he's They love Brandon work. Ingram, despite oh, him not dude, doing that uh, shit. Well, I mean, it's not uh, – here's, here's the, what's happened with the Lakers. Again, real quick, I'm surprised where they're at right now. I'm surprised it's 12-9. I, mean, I got a better record than myself, but I'm just surprised it's 12-9 in general. I didn't see them like this. I saw them kind of being like a 50-50 team. I mean, the Clippers are going to end the season better than the Lakers, but I'm just surprised, you know, the the Lakers are this good. And what's really surprising is there's actually three key things that are not working out with this team and you got two of them. Lanza Bald is not is not matching really well. Ingram no and Luke Walton, man. Luke Walton is not doing that great. Um kind of watching the Lakers. He runs some terrible like half court possessions and like all that, like just out of the timeouts. Like what are you drawing
0: up? Like he's I don't know, man. Like, yeah. I think he's a yeah. Coach, That's another Having one that LeBron. stings me. Because I love yeah. Liz Walton. Like, I love Frank Nellikina, but you're right. He's not working out.
1: He's not. It's just like, and, and talking to my buddy who's a huge Lakers fan, he'll like, even admit minute like, It's just like, it's got to be kind of, like, annoying. Like, you got LeBron and all this, and it's like you can't drop these, like, half-court, like, anything. dude. So, there's three big things that are just not working right now. I mean, I just thought that, earlier, and it was just like possessions uh, for the final five minutes of the game, and like LeBron had like 112 possessions. The person that's in second is Goose. so Lonzo Ball's in third, and that's not what Lonzo Ball wants. He wants the ball, especially during the game. It's not like he's a closer, but he wants to be able to control the team and set up that beautiful assist and all that, so Lonzo's kind of just falling off there. Ingram, I don't know what Ingram is doing, uh, he, he's kind of—he's not aggressive, but he's like also not this kind of—he's not shooting really well this year. But
0: he's, now he's got not. a lot of
1: talent. He's got the talent there. Yes. he just doesn't know how to—he doesn't know how to use it right now. So that's just the interesting part. Um, Magic's quote earlier—the kind of like we don't want to do it cool, like be like Cleveland like last year, talking about LeBron's minutes. But I'm, I'm, like, thinking in my mind, like, or do you not want to be like them last year just blowing the team up in the middle of the season? Because I have a strong feeling you guys could be leaning into that fairly soon just because the West is so stacked and the way the standings are and you want to make the playoffs. And also, please, LeBron, I mean, you just signed a long-term deal. So I thought it was interesting where, like, Broussard's already almost kind of written off, like, Luke Walton as being the coach. I mean, and Chris Bosh has always been LeBron's man, so you know he always tries to fall in. He's talking about names he's heard for coaching, and I was just like, man, that is the worst what I've ever heard. Jason Kidd, who I don't know why they would want Jason Kidd. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Then you got Ty Wu. Ty lose the worst coach ever. He doesn't know how yeah. to run off court sets, half court sets. No. So- if Luke Wallen can't run any half court, why do you think Ty Luke can? Yeah, he's the he's the LeBron guy. And then Mark Jackson, but the only team that I felt like Mark Jackson would get, be good to come back to the league was the Knicks, just because he's he just kind of got that New York City But see, I don't really, think I, so, I, man.
0: I, I don't. I, I, you know, I, I don't even think it'd be the Knicks. I think it. I think it would be like a like a small market team. Like I I, I would see him more in a small market team. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I just don't even see him being an NBA coach anymore. I mean, he was good, yeah. but
0: it's just NBA's past the time now.
1: Like, that's why, like, I, I don't see that. So, uh, if they were looking at another coach and I was, and, and, and like, having a conversation with my buddy, they only could – here's the tricky thing with L.A. It's not only that you have LeBron, but you also have LeBron and it's the Lakers. So, it's like a double, like, you have to – like, you're not getting a Pat Riley. That's, like, your dream of, like, yeah. man, if Pat Riley, we could have him 20 years ago. This is what we needed. Man, that would be yeah. great. But you know who I think, and, and people would be like, oh, Pop, the Pop's not going to the Lakers. You know who I think that could handle the job and do do really good? Eric Strolson. Dr. Rivers? He, no. Oh, oh Eric, Eric Strolson. Yeah. 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 He's already coached LeBron. He knows how to handle that, that stuff. And he's proven that he is actually a good coach that he can't coach without LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh, and make his team competitive. And he is smart, and he knows how to run half-court sets and all that. And because you're not getting Doc Rivers from the Clippers. Jerry West is way too smart to do that. But I feel like they could, because I don't think Pat Riley would just fire Sosa because that's his boy. But you would have to do, like, how Clippers got Doc Rivers from the Celtics and give up some drafting somehow. And, and all that, so, like, they should be, like, just, like, Sposa. But that's the only guy that if the Lakers are going to do anything. But right now I wouldn't be freaking out or doing any trades. I, I do the – here's what I would do. I would try to trade for Miles Turner because I think that's a smart one, and LeBron likes that, and i trade for Bradley Beal. So I'd maybe go Ingram and try to trade Ingram for Beal because Ball and they don't need two point guards they're going to keep John Wall. So, and then go Lonzo Ball to Miles Turner and all that, and that's what I would try to yeah, figure out. Yeah, and that could because... work.
0: I mean, that could work. I mean, Lonzo Ball would, I honestly think, like, long-term, like, that kind of fit with him and Victor Oladipo would be pretty fucking good. Um, and, like, I mean, you do have uh, – you did just sign Doug McDermott. Um, you do have Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, I mean, I, I – my, my notion as far as acquiring, uh, of, of course, Bogdanovich is an expiring contract, but I would still want to keep him long term. To you know, even even with trading uh, for um, Ingram, I would just move him to the four. Um, he's six foot eight. He can play the stretch four. That is like the 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 least um, demanding defensive position, and and we saw last year like the this motherfucker, like, just learned how to play defense in an off season, Like, because uh, he was guarding LeBron on a lot of fucking possessions uh, in the playoffs last season, and and, and doing so pretty effectively um, for the most part. I mean, as effective as you can be against, you know, fucking LeBron James. But, uh, but no, I mean, I, I think he could play stretch four. But, no, I, I mean, I think Lonzo would be a worthy – um, the acquisition uh, for them in that trade too. And the biggest thing for, for them would be if you could get one of those guys, you then don't have to worry about re-signing that player um, next season. So it buys you some time. Like you can it, – it buys you two seasons of, of acquiring talent to, you know, put around your team as opposed to just, you know, one this, this upcoming offseason. Like getting the talent in. Before you re-sign Miles Turner, which is going to um, take away your cap space, um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I like where your head's at. I, I I see if I'm if I'm Washington, I'm just waiting. I'm not trading Bradley Beal this season. I just I, there's not going to be a trade that's on the on again. Like I said, the the best time to trade somebody is in the off season. Um, Bradley Beal's still going to have two years on his on his books this offseason, um, that is when I would really look to trade Bradley Beal. Um, because I just don't feel like you're going to get that much um, in return uh, for a guy who is clearly a, a second option on a championship team. Um, at, at least in my opinion. I think he's he, he, he could absolutely be a second option on on, on a Team they could win a championship, so I, I don't know. I, I I think if the the Lakers were to acquire Turner, yes, then acquiring Beal would make sense because you would have your your team formulated, uh, like really put together. Like you would have basically Rondo, Beal, uh, LeBron, Kuzma, and Turner. Um, and, and that would be your squad, um, and, and you would just, you know, have to re-sign Rondo, which I don't think would be that hard. Um, or maybe bring in a, another um, kind of uh, point guard who could, you know, you don't have to pay, like, any kind of max support. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, it's the, the biggest reason why I think Turner would be a really good option is because he doesn't hinder your cap space next season. Um, and that's the biggest reason why I wouldn't trade for Beal because I still think the Lakers have a really good shot at getting a free agent next season. Like you said, whether it's, you know, Clay or Duran or Jimmy Butler or Gauai or whoever. Um, so, I don't know, we'll see. we got we got about seven minutes left. Uh, we got two topics, so I'm going to let you pick which one we talk about. Uh, the Warriors... Are targeting a two-week return for Steph and a post-Christmas return for Demarcus Cousins. So all of our excitement for thus far in the NBA can be uh, kind of put to rest uh, uh, after Christmas. Um, but also, uh, Westbrook important, reportedly is just like straight up has straight up ignored Billy Donovan's offensive play calls, and Andre Robertson suffered another. Uh, setback uh, injury in practice and will be reevaluated in six weeks. Do you want to talk Warriors or do you want to talk Thunder?
1: No, I, I never want to talk Warriors. I hear about them way too much. Yeah, let's talk, talk the Slender Warriors.
0: All, day, all, right, let's all do it. day, every day. All right, what's your take? Westbrook. You so, ain't oh, to Billy Donovan. Surprise, surprise. Was anyone I, was surprised? I don't like, think so. I was
1: supposed to has Westbrook ever really listened to any coach out there? I mean, no. Better, better yet, has Westbrook listened to any really great player out there with him as well? He's. I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to talk anything that's bad. That's great. Westbrook, Westbrook's in Westbrook's zone. Like, he didn't hear KD and all that. Like, he, he's, I don't think that's that big of he's a deal. He's the new age Allen Iverson. It's It's not affecting him or the team because they're playing actually really well. You just have to let Westbrook do his thing because, guess what, Billy Donovan's plays aren't drawing up for Westbrook and all that. They're probably drawing up for Paul George or Schroeder running the point guard at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So, in the end, I don't think it's that big of a deal. The big take out of this is the Andre Robinson. yeah, the step back, man. Man, I just feel bad for this guy. I really think that, I mean, dude, they're already playing really good defensively as a team, but if they were to get him, they'd be so much better at, like, Maybe, I mean, I have them at, I want to say I had them at my two or, or three seats, so I still feel like that, but they would have them, so it's always, you know, uh, like a bummer to hear like a setback, especially like he, if from the sounds of it, it, looked like he was in a full practice and like doing a jump shot and just, you know, kind of came back down and re hurt himself and or felt the pain, and, you know, now they're going to have to reevaluate him six weeks from now, which as a, you know, as a, the Thunder you don't want like more of a setback. You need him to get back to get acclimated, to get into your team and all that. You don't wanna to have to be doing this toward the end of the year or let keep on having them battle you. You would rather have him come back now and all that and, you know, be really hitting your stride past all star break and all that. So that's the bottom thing. But I just think it's funny that um that the Westbrook I mean, that people are like, Oh my, Westbrook is ignoring Billy Donovan like Yeah, what? I mean, it doesn't take a a rock (laughs) scientist out there to figure that one out. I mean, Westbrook's going to ignore anyone. I don't see a coach, like, even, like, going back to, like, a good Pat Riley, like, any coach in the NBA that Westbrook's like, yeah, bro, yeah. Let me do do, do that. Let me do do that play for you real quick. Or let me do me real quick, and I can figure it out. I'm probably smarter and I'm seeing things. Or let me just be me and just take up 36 shots a game. I'm just going to do this.
0: Like I said, I mean, he's the new Alan Iverson, and that was the same thing between Iverson and Larry Brown. And Larry Brown knew um, essentially, like, when to essentially let AI be AI and when to say, all right, listen, Alan, we really need to fucking focus here. We really need this play. And that's what I think you probably don't get from Billy Donovan, um, you don't get that that added element that that Larry Brown just intangibly brought to uh, coaching and, and 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 the Sixers. But I agree with you. Like you you have to let Russ be Russ. Um, he he's got you this far, um, and you're gonna live and die by it. And then you know, chances are you're probably gonna die by it. But. Um, Nevertheless, I mean that's that, he's the best player on your team. You still, you, you have to take the good with the bad, and the good far outweighs the bad. So, I mean that that's the case with anything. Um, as far as Robertson, I think this only speaks to me even more why they need to try to like see if they can engage New York and say, hey, we'll give you fucking Schroeder and Abrinas For Hardaway and Trey Burke, um, I mean, it it, it frees up like $2.6 million in cap space next season for them, for the Knicks. Um, They get a a point guard who, you know, is is at the very least a starting caliber point guard in the league. Um, And, you know, I, I think that... Sort of dynamic fits better if you're if you're going after KD. Like you get you got a point guard, you got a wing player, you got a big, and, and of course you're big beating Kristaps. Um, so I I don't know. I, I I would at least be pursuing that right now if I'm OKC. Okay. If I'm if I'm uh, uh, Sam Presty, um, but regardless of that, yeah. I mean you need to make some kind of move because. If if Robertson's just going to be like indefinitely hurt, and it's, and again your defense is already good, um, like you need some scoring that can that can really play alongside Westbrook. If you think Schroeder can be that guy, like going down the stretch of games, fine. But I I just have my my question marks for that. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, about ninety seconds left. Luke, anything you want to add before we close it out, man? You need to stop trying to trade to from Thunder. Until he until he's playing terrible for them, man,
1: I'm not trading him, dude. He plays well yeah, for I feel them. You. He he actually is well like I understand like you never uh, like you'd never like the fitter, but until he's
0: not playing well for them, I'm not trading him.
1: I I don't like well, I trade that's yes he's he, You for should years. trade
0: people when you shouldn't trade people when they're not playing well for you. You just trade people when they are playing well for you and you can get somebody who's gonna play even better for you. I don't know. I just feel like it might
1: mess with them. Like, the way that I'm playing right now, I'm playing really good and all that, I'm not messing with. I don't need to make
0: that drastic of changes right now because I'm playing well compared to a lot of other teams. I don't think it's that drastic. But, uh, hey, one man's opinion to another. Uh, Really quick, before we head out, uh, we got a new sponsor, everybody. Seek Geek in the house. Uh, Geek Vibes Nation. SeatGeek, it was a match made in heaven. It was always going to happen. Um, So uh, just to let you know, you go to SeatGeek, you download the app, uh, you type in Geek Vibes, you get a $20 discount purchase. SeatGeek, you already know how great they are. They offer all the best things to get your tickets for any sort of thing. Uh, So be sure to go do that. Uh, And we will see you next week. But until then... Peace.
1: Peace.